So reading from James chapter 1, 19 to 27. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please help us as we look at this passage to understand it, to learn from it and to be changed by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you've spoken to me for any length of time, you probably know that I'm an Eagles supporter. It's certainly no secret. And after the interview with Isaac, you should all know that I'm an Eagles supporter. But how do you know that I am a true Eagles fan? Well, if you come to my house, you'll find blue and yellow scarves and beanies and hats. There's blue and yellow football jumpers, other memorabilia. Most of it is largely blue and yellow too. If you look at my bank statements for the past 20-ish years, in November and February, you'll see payments to a football club. If you go back to 2006, you'll see payments for airfares and accommodation to Melbourne. And around that time, my Facebook also has a check-in at the MCG about the same time, some of you might remember, 2006 was the year that the Eagles brought home the flag. Uh, the fact that I own Eagles merch and memorabilia, that I routinely pay significant money for season's tickets, demonstrates that I'm a true Eagles supporter. But what about a more serious issue? What if you want to know if I'm a true Christian? What does it look like to practice true religion? What behaviour or actions demonstrate that a person is truly living out their faith? Well, this is the question that James deals with in this passage. He explains what true religion looks like by looking at God's righteousness, God's instruction, and then God's examples. So firstly... God's righteousness. Come with me to verse 19. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, if you're anything like me, I'm sure you've spoken without thinking before. When I was a kid, I'd often try to be funny by throwing a quick, silly phrase into conversations. It usually ended up making me look stupid rather than funny, 
And I think I lost count of the number of times Mum and Dad told me to think before I spoke. And James gives us the same advice here. He urges us to be slow to speak. And he couples this with the advice to be quick to listen and slow to get angry. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. If we listen well, and if we don't rush to speak, then we're less likely to make stupid, insensitive comments, and this will lead to less conflict and less arguments or anger. And not only will this be helpful for our relationships, but it also leads us to the righteousness that God desires, which our anger doesn't. So, continuing with this theme, James tells us that because of this mark of true religion, that is, righteousness, we should put off moral filth and evil and accept the word, as verse 21 says. Jesus has set us free from our past behaviour. So why would we want to go back into this unrighteous behaviour that doesn't reflect our nature in God? We're also told to accept the word. The passage tells us that the word has been planted in us and can save us. The word planted in us refers back to verse 18 where James talks about us having new birth, becoming Christians through the word of truth. The word, the Bible, clearly does have the power to save us as it contains the gospel message of Jesus' death and resurrection for our salvation. But what does it mean to accept the word? If accepting the word is part of being a true Christian, then how do we do this? And this is what James goes on to explain. So let's look at God's instruction. The passage tells us to do the word. Come with me to verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And I think this instruction is tied up with accepting the word. I mean, if you're not doing the word, then have you really accepted it? It seems unlikely. And I think that the reverse of that is also true. You don't ignore something once you've accepted it. So, for example, when you get to the end of year 12, you have to nominate the courses you would like to do at uni. And after that nervous waiting period for your results, you can log on to the website and you can see what offers you've received. Once you've thought about the options, you pick your preferred offer and you accept it. And then you get ready for uni. You get your book list, you buy the things you need. You don't plan to go and seek full-time employment because you've just accepted an offer at university. Acceptance is something that we consider and it goes hand in hand with action. So James expands on his point about doing the word with a metaphor. 
Let's look at what he says starting at verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So let's think through this example and see what James is saying. Firstly, what's the purpose of a mirror? I mean, obviously it's to see yourself or to see your reflection, but what do we use it for? I think usually we use a mirror to you know, check that we're presentable, make sure our tie is straight, our hair is brushed, our clothes aren't covered in stains. But simply looking into that mirror doesn't make us presentable. It can be easy to get the emphasis, emphasis wrong in this metaphor of James. The NIV uses looking when referring to the man in the mirror in verse 24, and then it uses looks intently when referring to the perfect law in verse 25. However, James isn't making a point about how carefully we look, but about how we respond. The emphasis is on what we do. So imagine that you have a job interview. It's for a job that you really want. You've studied at uni for many years. You've finally got your degree and you've got an interview with a company that you've always wanted to work for. And you want to make a good impression. So you get ready, get dressed up in your nicest clothes. You go and look in the mirror, perfect your outfit. And as you're doing this, you notice that you've dribbled toothpaste all the way down the front of your clothes, all over yourself. And you go, oh, this looks terrible. And then you jump straight in the car and off you go to the job interview. It's just ludicrous. You've recognised a problem and then you've probably forgotten all about it. But this is a comparison that is drawn with the believer who has the word. He also looks at the word, but he doesn't forget it. He acts. And James is telling us that we must be like the believer with the word and not the man with the mirror. As far as true religion goes, James tells us that having a Bible, reading a Bible, even sitting here listening to a Bible talk isn't a mark of true religion. The mark of true religion is putting the word into practice, seeing actions and behaviour impacted and changed by accepting and doing the word, not just hearing it. So I remember a camp that I went to many years ago now with some friends from church. The teaching was excellent, the speaker was engaging and he spoke clearly and faithfully from the Bible. My friends and I, we had a great time together. We sat together and discussed the teaching, what we had learned, and the things we could change in our lives. But when I left that camp, I didn't behave any differently. I didn't do what I had heard from the Bible. I've got great memories of a fun time, 
but otherwise that camp was worthless. Clearly, I wasn't paying attention to what James had to say at that time. And I don't think that feeling uncomfortable as we read this passage is a bad thing. It helps us check what we're doing. Are we putting the Bible into practice? It's good that we are actually concerned about doing the word and not just hearing it. James is challenging us here, but I don't think he's trying to make us feel discouraged or telling us that time reading our Bible is wasted. He is urging us to practice true religion. Simply reading your Bible isn't enough. It should affect your life. It's the perfect law that gives freedom. It's God's instructions for us, the way to please him, to live according to the way that he intended. So let me make one clarification at this point. The passage doesn't say that we shouldn't hear the word or shouldn't read our Bibles. We must. I mean, it's impossible for us to do something that you don't know. If we're going to do the word, we have to hear the word. The passage is just saying that we need to do more than just hear the word. And I think verse 25 gives us the model for this. It's good to look intently into the perfect law. Indeed, we can take great joy from God's law. Let's take a few verses from the psalmist in Psalm 119. He says, Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. It is fantastic to love God's law, to think about it and hear it. But that alone isn't enough. We need to put it into practice. So we've looked at God's righteousness and we've looked at God's instruction. We need to seek righteousness. We need to accept the word and put what we learn from the Bible into practice. So if these are what James says that we need to show that we are practicing true religion, then what does this look like? Let's have a look at God's examples. Come with me to verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts, as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So these two verses follow on directly from what James has just been saying. They operate as a case study or an illustration. There are three marks from these verses. Controlling the tongue, caring for those in need, and avoiding worldliness. Now, this isn't the first time that the idea of controlling the tongue has come up in the passage. This is the same idea that James talks about at the start of the passage, when he tells us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. 
Practicing true religion means controlling our tongue. Now, that might mean not making that funny comment that will probably get to a quick laugh, but might be hurtful or insulting to the person who is the subject of the joke. Or maybe it's that little white lie that you're sure won't make a difference. Nobody will know. But controlling our tongue is important. The next mark talks about caring for orphans and widows. Now, I don't think this means we need to go out and find as many orphans and widows as we can and say, you know, are you being cared for? But it's the principle that James is talking about. Part of doing the word, one of the marks of true religion, is caring for those who are in need. And this can take many forms. It might be, you know, shouting somebody dinner after church if you know they can't afford to go out. Or maybe you have some time during the week and you can help out at crèche when women's Bible study is on. That's just looking after kids during one of the weekly women's Bible studies at some nuts so that the mothers can have uninterrupted time to look at their Bibles together. The final mark that James mentions here is not to be polluted by the world. And this too has come up before. The idea of getting rid of moral filth and evil easily equates with many worldly things. In everyday life, there are so many things that are acceptable to our society that aren't acceptable for those who trust in the Lord Jesus. So should you go to that party where you know things are likely to get out of hand and you know that you'll be tempted to do things that you wouldn't otherwise? Is what you are consuming on the internet and TV helpful and edifying for a Christian? James says that we must be holy. A mark of true religion of our new birth is loving God and doing his law and not being drawn in to love the things of this world. So I don't think that these three marks are supposed to be an exhaustive list, everything that shows you about this in true religion. However, they are the three examples that James gives us. They're important things that are worth doing. So we've seen that James tells us We've seen, sorry, what James tells us about the things that show us that we're practising true religion. Being motivated by God's righteousness and accepting the word. Following God's instruction and doing the word. And seeing examples of religion that God accepts as pure and faultless. So this gives us a chance to reflect. We can make sure that we're not deceiving ourselves, saying that we are religious when we're not. What's one thing that you can change to do the word? It might not necessarily be in this passage, but something you know doesn't line up with the Bible. How are you going to put this into practice?
What's the next step? Don't be the person who looks at the word and goes away and forgets what it says.